grace to you from our God, our Creator, and Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given to you in Christ Jesus. So this past week was full, like many of our past weeks. Yet this week I noticed in the fullness more joy, more light. Not in the sky so much. I mean, we are in West Lafayette, Indiana, and it's winter. But in the building of relationships, and particularly this week with Pastor Kristen, the new campus pastor at PLM. We met Monday for a, a brief welcome, and then later our faith formation director and I met with Pastor Kristen to discuss and get some ideas about our Lenten services coming up this Lent. We have some good ideas, I'm just telling you. Tuesday, we made the connection with Purdue to set up Pastor Kristen's Purdue ID, and then the um, connection with university religious leaders. And then Pastor Kristen joined us for our pericope study via Zoom, where she met some of the other pastors in the area, making even more connections. On Wednesday, we again gathered around Zoom at the Lafayette conference meeting, with, and Pastor Kristen was introduced to at least one more, I think, pastor at that meeting. And then later that afternoon, we met to discuss the covenant between OSLC and PLM. The, the official title of this covenant is Guidelines for Relationship between OSLC and PLM. And it's important as we outline the professional aspects and cooperation of our calls so we're all on the same page. I'm grateful for this time to learn about Pastor Kristen, building relationships, and eagerly look forward to working alongside of her to see where God leads both OSLC and Purdue Lutheran Ministries. And not to add any extra pressure, Pastor Kristen, to our personal, our professional, wow, that could have gone wrong real quick, our professional relationship, but I can already see this is going to be good. Light has dawned. And I can see where Pastor Kristen's gifts and talents will stretch my imagination and bring new life to PLM. This is the example of the relationships that Jesus calls us into as followers. As we look at today's gospel from Matthew, Jesus is calling his first disciples. And some contemporary theologians wish to point out that because Jesus withdrew to Galilee and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, that we might, that he might already have pre-existing relationships with those that he's calling, which better prepared them to leave their nets and their boats and their family to follow Jesus. And, and that might have been the case. But what sticks out for me in this passage is the invitation that Christ, that Jesus, offers. In Matthew 4, verse 19, and he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of people. Now what is it to fish for people? Obviously, Jesus is not asking them to catch people in nets as if they were a school of fish. I don't think that Jesus is insinuating that we force people into a new religion or a church. Jesus is inviting them to build relationships 
through the covenant of God's love. God's love is now visible to them in Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. We don't know if the first disciples knew Jesus prior to this invitation or not, but we can safely assume that they knew, at least heard, about the covenant God made to God's people. As another pastor said it, Jesus' message is identical to John the Baptist's. Repent, for the kingdom of God has come near. Though the content is the same, the context is very different. John was the forerunner who prepared the way. Jesus is the embodiment of the message. In his preaching and in his ministry, light has dawned, and the reign of God has come near. The kingdom of God has come near in and through the Messiah, and that changes everything. When calling the fishermen, Jesus didn't say, Come be ambassadors of the gospel, or heralds of God, or the first Christians, or witnesses of the divine, or even disciples of the Messiah. He said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. Come and make relationships with others, knowing the kingdom of God has come near. He did not call them to work but into relationship. God calls us as well into relationship through hearing God's word, through the waters of baptism, through the Lord's Supper, but also through healthy relationships that we share with others, all of which are provided by God's grace. Therefore, we know the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the relationship Jesus is calling the fishermen into. And then asking them to share that relationship with others. It's an invitation to a relationship with God and their neighbor. Now last week I shared with you three simple steps of evangelism. Notice, share, and invite. I said by changing our actions and thoughts about evangelism, By one or two percent, God would do something extraordinary and beautiful. So this week, I want to invite you to consider two practical ways you can build relationships with God and others. First, I invite you to imagine Jesus is calling you to follow and to become fishers of people. Close your eyes if you wish. I know that's always dangerous during a sermon. Some of you might already have them closed. But imagine someone with whom you have a relationship. Perhaps it's a relationship that brings you joy or sorrow or frustration or hope. Doesn't really matter as long as it's a significant one. Got the person? Okay. If you are brave enough and you feel like sharing that person's name, say it out loud, but hold on. Don't forget, it's a relationship that brings you joy or sorrow or frustration or hope, and it doesn't really matter. If you're online watching us, you can share the name in the chat. We, we don't need any details. You can meet with your pastor or Pastor Kristen if you wish to share those. 
And if by giving the name shows your relationship details, don't, you don't have to say. But if you have that person, go ahead and name them now. Or put them in the chat. Now take a moment and pray for that person and believe that God is using you to make a difference in the life of the person for whom you are praying. You see, God, Jesus, is not just calling you now to be fishers of people, but God has been calling you, actually using you through the Holy Spirit to care for those God loves for quite a long time. We know the kingdom of heaven has come near, and we are called to share that grace with others. Now, second, as we follow and as we are fishers of people, just like the fishermen, we might be called to leave something in order to follow Jesus. Peter, Andrew, James, and John all put down their nets. They left their boats. They left their families to follow Jesus. I'm sure a lot of you understand this already, to aspire to something or to be what you're called to be, you must let go of other things. I did it when I entered seminary in my call. Most of you have done it when you left your homes for college and again as you prepared for a career. When following God, we need to ponder what God is asking us to put down so that we can answer the call of sharing God's love and grace as the kingdom of heaven has come near. Maybe it's our fear. Maybe our anxiety, our security, our shame, our need to be right, our egos need to be let go. And granted, we can't put these things down fully, but we can change by one or two percent. Now, here's an example, a very practical one for OSLC and PLM as a community. We have made the leap of faith to purchase the West Fowler properties between our buildings. Now as the dust has settled, we realize that our finances are okay and things are going well. Now we find ourselves with the opportunity to dream about what these two properties can become. Now we can begin to imagine what that what the property of this block might turn into in the years to come. What can this property become as we follow Jesus and follow our mission as a church? 
Just as a reminder, our mission is growing in faith and Christian calling, love and serve God and neighbor, proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. What can the properties become to better serve and love God and neighbor as we grow in faith and Christian calling, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ? To dream about this question, we will need to leave some of our old assumptions and ideas. Not 100%, but definitely at least 1% to 2%. What will we need to let go to follow our mission? Now, I'm not saying it will happen. But what if the dream leads to development of that property so that it can become a, a community center for those in need? What if we dream about lower-income housing for married students with children? What if we find out child care is a great need and this would be a great location so that we could love and serve God and our neighbor? Again, I'm not saying this will happen. But as we discern what God is calling us to do, to be fishers of people, to build relationships with our neighbors, what are we willing to leave or let go of so that God can do incredible, beautiful things through this opportunity? Now, we do not need to be intimidated by God's invitation to follow. Yes, when we think about changes, we always get anxious. I don't know if it's a Lutheran thing or a human thing, or if it's a human thing exemplified by a Lutheran thing. But as we have heard in our gospel today, Jesus calls ordinary people in the middle of their ordinary lives to do extraordinary things. God has been doing it from the beginning, and Jesus is still doing it today. We are called to be in relationship with God and our neighbors. So let the dreaming begin. Amen.